Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or throws it, he's in. A backhander and a save by Tony Esposito. Stan Mikita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by Magnuson, and he puts that guy down. Magnuson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Naveau. Odyssey Chicago Hockey Insider, Jay Zawoski. No more! Hawks win! Hawks win again! Chris Chelios in overtime! Part of Blue Wire Podcast. Came off the boards, he shoots, he's going down to the tanks! A game-winning goal! The Hawks live to fight another day! Falling back, Sobola drives, gets it from The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. Just had it for Tames, you got to break away! Triple Threat Sports, Fry the Coop, and by the Sins In-Law Group, let's drop the puck. Welcome in, Blackhawks fans. This almost feels like a repeat because <laughs> this is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am James Naveau. He is Jay Zawoski. Hi. And we... We talked about this last night that the Blackhawks were reportedly removing the interim tag from GM Kyle Davidson. Spoiler alert, they actually did that today. They addressed the media after the decision was announced. They kind of shed some light on where the organization is going to be headed. And, I mean, we got answers, I guess, to a few of the questions that we posed last night. But before we get to all that, Jay, how are you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you. It's another newsy Hawks day and... Rocky Wirtz was on the dais and did not embarrass himself. So that's a, that's a win. We'll call that a win, won't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's exciting. It's very yeah. exciting. Well, thanks as always for tuning in. If you listen to yesterday's episode, we told you there will be some news on the podcast. So we'll address that in the second half. Nothing bad. I promise you nothing bad's happening. Just stay tuned for some uh, big news in the second half of the podcast. First half here, we're going to discuss the official naming of Kyle Davidson and you mentioned it, James, the, the things we wanted to hear from Davidson today when we spoke last night was what's the plan, right? Be definitive about how you see this thing going. And very definitively, Kyle Davidson said, yeah, this is going to be a rebuild, not a retool. And while he obviously can't get into exactly what that means, like we are going to trade the following players, right? You can't, <laughs> you can't really do that. Um, he said it's going to be it's going to look a lot different. It's going to there's going to be a lot of changes 
And I think we're finally at a point here, if there were any people hanging on to like trying to reload things, um, everyone kind of gets like, yeah, this is what needs to happen. It's past due. And uh, Kyle Davidson in full space command to get that done. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, you know, I think rebuilds are hard. They are very hard things to go through as a fan. But if the end result is another Stanley Cup or two or three, if you stay around for those things, it makes those wins so much better. You know, because the first thing I thought of, and not to get off track here, but just, you know, when that goal went in between Michael Layton's legs and we all weren't sure if it was a goal or not in 2010, one of the things that went rushing back to me as I'm watching my favorite team celebrate is, man, we have been through so much to get here, right? You just think back to the years and the suffering and the losing and the draft picks that didn't pan out and the, and the guys that you thought would, but got injured and all those sort of things that led up to that moment. It can be kind of a fun thing to, to think about. And, and, you know, if you're a white Sox fan, you probably look at the last two, three years of the white Sox, as you know, this core is growing. It's same thing with cub fans when Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo started arriving and you're like, Oh my God, all these guys are really good. And it seems like there's a real chance here, right? That, that's the excitement of a rebuild. So we'll see how long it takes the Hawks to get to the point where we're really excited about their future again. But hey, you have a GM who is definitively using the rebuild, definitively using the rebuild word, and he's got the full support of his bosses behind him to do just that. So what happens next to me is very, very interesting. Well, yeah, and we've uh, we've been down this road fairly recently with the Blackhawks before that it seemed that they were going to kind of start to redo some things and to focus on getting younger, and then they promptly blew all of that up and went out and acquired your Tyler Johnsons and your Jujar Karas and your Seth Joneses, and they really kind of tried once again to win right away, and it just completely blew up in their face because you – theoretically you cannot rush a rebuild in the NHL you need to slowly and methodically kind of pick your way through all of the issues with the roster construction and all the issues in terms of the prospects that you're bringing up and Kyle Davidson kind of got into a little bit of that today I think that he emphasized that there aren't really any quick fixes to what's going to be going on with the Blackhawks he didn't put any definitive timetable on anything he didn't come out and say you know I'm trading Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves I'm getting rid of anybody who isn't nailed down but he did very I thought made it very clear that they are not looking at some quick one or two year turnaround and I'm intrigued to see how that message is received not only league-wide because I'm sure a lot of folks are going to say well duh of course that's what he needs to do (laughs) but more importantly to kind of how it's going to be received by both the fan base and by the players themselves, because I'm you're curious if guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are going to want to stick around for, you know, a rebuild that could conceivably take longer than two years. I'm not positive that they want to, but I wouldn't want to put words in their mouth regardless. But I, I just think that it was good to see him admit that there are a lot of issues with the way that this team is constructed and the way this roster is put together and the prospects that they've been bringing up. And I'm glad that he grasps, I think, the enormity of the challenge that lays in front of him. I'm glad you mentioned this, the Taves and Kane element of things, because I thought it was very telling what Kyle Davidson said today when he says, quote, Jonathan and Patrick are extremely important pieces to the organization. They're definitely going to be brought into the loop. 
there won't be any surprises on their end on what we plan on doing with the organization. Now, if you recall, was it before last season where a lot of the Hawks veterans were pissed and caught off guard by like, wait a minute, we're not trying to win anymore. Yeah. Right. Like there was, there was a lot of outspoken for high and, you know, hockey outspoken, which is pretty quiet compared to other sports. But you know, when you've got guys expressing their frustration of not knowing that was going to happen, uh, not knowing that that was the direction your organization was going. There were some there were some upset veterans with Stan Bowen for not knowing. And you're right to ask the question, like, do these guys want to be around for a rebuild? And, and that remains to be seen. But I think when you have guys on your roster who have meant as much to the organization as Taves and Kane have, you owe them honesty. And I think you're going to probably want the same thing from them, saying, look, yeah. are you... Are you on board with this? Like, are you going to show up every day during a rebuild and be the same guy you've been for the last, you know, 13, 14 years in terms of your leadership, in terms of your enthusiasm? Or are we better off moving you, putting you with a contender, right? And just knowing that whenever you call it a career, you will always be a Blackhawk and you will always have a place here. That's kind of the question. It almost feels like at least gauging that from those two is probably job number one for Kyle Davidson because I think he really kind of wants to know and I think that changes the way you are able to rebuild too like if you have to rebuild but you have Taves and Kane and for all intents and purposes Seth Jones right like he's not going anywhere no. uh, does it does it limit the way you're allowed to rebuild maybe a little I don't know if you're going to get anything huge back for Taves I think you could probably find a team that would say, we're going to give you a top prospect for Patrick Kane because we feel like we're a guy away from a Stanley Cup and we're going to bring in one of the best players of all time to be that guy, right? Like, I think he's got a little more value, but all of these little, like, you know, branches of the tree, now Kyle Davidson has to go investigate and say, okay, what's happening over here? What about this guy? What about that guy? And then the the biggest challenge for him will be evaluating what his assets are worth. Right. And th that's going to be really telling. Yeah. And uh, honestly, do we know what, you know, some of these guys are going to bring back? I think the answer to that is probably no. You and I have both been kind of surprised at least a little bit by the way the market is seemingly uh, shake, shaped up for certain guys like Brandon Hagel commanding a first round pick plus yeah, kind right. of a thing. Like, did we really anticipate that that would be the going rate for a Brandon Hagel? I know you and I love him, but we also are realists and we know what kind of a player he is like maximum second line at times type of guy he's not you know a top three forward in the league and normally guys who are kind of in that six to nine forward range don't draw first round picks in solid prospects when you trade them but it's kind of crazy to me how the market may be potentially shaping up. And, of course, there could be some element of the Blackhawks leaking that kind of interest to try to drive up the price on him just a little bit from the multiple teams that have reportedly been interested in him. But I am genuinely curious to see how Kyle Davidson is going to approach the rebuild as a whole, of course, but I think more importantly the next few weeks in terms of what players he's actively willing to listen and potentially deal ahead of the trade deadline 
line, or is he going to start to wait on some of these guys like your Hagels and others who may net a little bit more when you have kind of more time over the offseason to discuss the deals and then potentially consummate them at the NHL draft? I think that's going to be a really kind of great bellwether to how he's going to control handle this whole thing. Is he going to solely exclude – exclusively focus on those kind of short-term guys right now or is he going to be willing to basically listen on anybody yeah and and you're so just for everyone's you know to reset your brains the unrestricted free agents heading into next season on this team right now Marc-Andre Fleury Kevin Lankinen I don't think you could trade both those guys but I think it's very likely Fleury gets traded Mm -hmm. Gustafson DeHaan uh, Lafferty, who I think they like, who I think they probably can re-sign for cheap, uh, and Ryan Carpenter. Now, DeHaan feels like kind of likely to go, but he makes $4.5 million. But, again, the contract's exp- you know a- ends at the end of this year, so it's really not that tough of a pill to swallow for a lot of teams. Right. I, I-, I feel like Flurry is going to bring back the biggest return because you've got a lot of contenders with goaltending issues. You look at Edmonton to a lesser extent, Colorado, you know, there's teams that feel like they can win a Stanley cup that would like to solidify themselves in goal. And I could see a bit of a bidding war happening for Marc-Andre Fleury. And I think they could probably get a first round pick back for him. I, I think that that kind of feels realistic if there is a true bidding war coming. Well, but- yeah, it, it depends on how, what kind of cap situation teams find themselves in too. I'm not overly sure that some of the teams that have been linked to him are going to have enough cap room to be able to do anything like that. However, if the Blackhawks can take on a little bit of salary, potentially, maybe then you kind of say, you know, that's interesting. If, say, the Blackhawks were willing to eat some of the salary to make a deal like that happen and to get a better uh, draft selection out of it, that's certainly something that Kyle Davidson should look into. It's That's going to be interesting because I want to know – Davidson's philosophy on taking back like less than ideal money, especially if you're totally rebuilding, right? If, if you're going through a rebuild, which is what he said today, and it's what we have to hold him on to this point, right? Cause it's really all we have to work with, right? Is he going to take, I'm just looking at the Oilers roster, right? I'm just going to throw a name. And, and I will point out that, you know, taking on three and a half million for Marc-Andre Fleury does nothing to the Blackhawks because they are rid of that after this season. But it's a huge benefit to a team that has to squeeze every penny out of their salary cap situation. Uh, yeah. So advantage Blackhawks with them. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, even if they're like, you know, eating the max, like you said, is is not a hard pill to swallow for them. It's all about the return. What I'm saying is. I wonder what Davidson's thought is on taking back a bad contract player. Like, oh, you know, I'm looking at the Oilers defense. They're not going to trade Tyson Berry. But for instance, right, Tyson Berry's 30. He's got three years left at four and a half million. Eh, the Hawks could maybe swallow that. But should they? No. You know, these are the things that, that Bowman has done. Just remember that they still have Connor Murphy coming into a new deal. Yep. Seth Jones's new deal kicks in next yep. year as well. I mean, and uh, Tyler Johnson is still under contract for two more seasons. Yeah, that is. See, <laughs> that, that whole thing, that's a Bowman, right? Like, instead of just letting Brent Seabrook live on long-term injured reserve and dealing with that, you know, awkwardness in the offseason, he gets rid of Brent Seabrook and frees up some cast space, but brings in a guy with three years on three years at five million left on his deal. 
now yeah. now two years after this year. So you're not like really helping yourself and you're not really getting assets that are helping. Tyler Johnson injured, of course, not his fault, but he hasn't made an impact this season. And by the time he's back, which looks like it'll be tomorrow against along Edmund, with Jonathan Thursday, Taves rather. too. Yeah, it looks like him and Taves will be back on Thursday. It's too late. That impact's not it's not gonna mean anything. Even if Tyler Johnson starts setting a world on fire, it's not gonna change the Hawks season. So that to me is sort of what I'm going to be looking for from Davidson as moves start to get made. How willing is he to take back bad contracts to to maybe up the ante on a trade a little bit, right? Like maybe he'll get a, a third instead of a fourth or something like that. To me, I'm getting rid of, I don't want any more Brett Connolly's. I don't want any more Tyler Johnson's. The, 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 the fact is they don't really have any more horrible, horrible contracts, right? Uh, well, don't don't let uh, fans of other teams here you say that because surely they'll come into the mentions and be like Seth Jones. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> it's gonna, it's tough. It's it's a a little bit of a challenge, but you know, I mean, that he's still a very young defenseman who I would argue if if the Blackhawks are going to be successful in the next three to four years. He has to be part of that, at least to me. I, I don't see any scenario where he isn't. So that's kind of – that's a thing where you really have to rely on Seth Jones being a $9.5 million top one or two defenseman on this team. Yeah, and our, you could argue that he is, you know, the second-best player on the team. I, I suppose you could argue Alex DeBrinkett, but when you look at what the team has and what the team needs, like a true number one, which is what he is, I know people – are going to go look at those little player cards and say, see, see, like all these things are dependent on the talent on the ice. Like, how are they, how are they going to say that again? See, see, <laughs> you know, it, it's just watch, watch the games and you'll, you'll see a guy who plays very, very well and very effectively and who is working his ass off and playing seven hours a night. Like, you know, come on. It's uh, he's a number one D man. He's, he, and he's paid like it. And like I've said to me, he's overpaid by about a million bucks, but it is what it is. And you've got to deal with it here. And look, the guy who made the signing, no longer here. So you can't really get mad about it because he's already been, well, allowed to resign. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I loved the way that that ended. Um, yeah, I, to, I think to a degree you're right. And I think that Kyle Davidson, again, I can't I'm not really in his head so to speak but I do have to say that he is well aware of the enormity of the challenge of all of this and one of the big obstacles is going to be trying to not only figure out how to you know fit other pieces around Seth Jones and in all likelihood Alex DeBrincat unless they trade him while still addressing some of the glaring needs that this team has they who are their goaltenders next season that's a going to be a really good question they haven't been able to really develop a guy who is going to be able to step in I'm sure they're hoping that Drew Camesso or Arvid Soderblom could end up potentially being those guys but when you look at their roster next season they have one goalie of their five under contract for next season yeah Kale Morris is an arbitration eligible guy but I'm not really counting the 25 year old it's Arvid Soderblom, and that's it. So you're basically going to have to probably try to convince Drew Camasso to sign an ELC and potentially compete with Soderblom to play 
double starter minutes with some veteran schlub. That's pretty much what you're going to see at goaltender next year. But it just it, it's amazing when you start to look at some of the roster holes they're going to have to deal with. You also have on defense, you do have a ton of young guys. It's going to be a matter of fitting them in and deciding whether or not you want to keep Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy both around here with a combined cap at of $8.4 million. There are a lot of really important short-term decisions. And then, oh, yeah, Taves and Kane become free agents after next season, and so does DeBrincat. So it is just – it's going to be a real challenge (laughs) to kind of figure out how to allocate all this money, man. And God bless uh, Davidson. He knows what he's getting into, and boy, howdy, it is going to be tough. Yeah, this is not going to be easy. It's not going to be overnight. And, boy, you're you're talking about the goaltending thing. And I have high hopes for Drew Camesso. I, I really do. Um, but I, he's not ready next year. I can't imagine, um, Lankanen unrestricted making 800 K you could probably get him back for a number close to that. Again, he didn't do anything. Do you think there's any residual, uh, anger about the fact that he was kind of solid last year? And then they were like, you know, let's bring in Mark Andre Fleury. You think there's any uh, anger about that? I don't think so. I mean, look, this year he's got a 3.53 goals against and a sub-90 save percentage. So, like, what are you mad about, right? Like, it's not like he was Patrick Waugh and they brought in Marc-Andre Fleury, right? He's also been banged up this season, has gone through a lot of different stuff. Yeah, but he hasn't been great when he's been in there either. So, I don't know. Like, it'd be tough for me to be like, how dare you? I'm Kevin F. and Lincoln. And how could you bring in Marc-Andre Fleury? Well, it's because you're Kevin F. and Lincoln. And we yeah, all love goaltend- you. Goaltenders are, uh, you know, they're characters like that. He seems like, a as, as goalies go, pretty normal. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think He's I, confident, though. Yeah, I don't think that it's I – I can't imagine that he would hold that against the Hawks. And, honestly, I don't know if there's a team around the league that values him as much as the Hawks do. I think the Hawks probably like him more than anybody – um and look they also have a need it, it just makes a lot of sense for Kevin Lankinen to come back and if you're gonna rebuild you know you don't need Marc-Andre Fleury type goalies in net every night it's a nice luxury to have and it probably keeps you in some games you don't deserve to be in but if you're rebuilding the goal is not to win it's to develop and get good draft picks and develop them and then hopefully in three or four years you're you're ready. You know while Alex DeBrinkett continues to his prime, and you've got some life of Seth Jones left and all that sort of stuff. Then you're ready to win again with a nice little pile of uh, young players. And that's the hope. But it's I don't know. <laughs> I, I like the pile of young players. Is that right next to the uh, fourth line farm? It is. Yes. It's like when <laughs> when you dig up the fourth line farm, the piles are made, and then young <laughs> players are put in there. Yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be long term. Like he said today, three to like, I don't know if it's three. I don't know if it's five, but he said five. That's a long time. Yeah. When he when he said the word five, I kind of was hoping to see just uh, some cartoonishly shocked uh, face come across Rocky Wirtz or Danny Wirtz or Jamie Faulkner. It didn't happen, though. Hey, when you look when you look at this roster and you try to draw a map to success. It's it's tough to get there quickly, it's, man. It's it's tough. It's going to be tough to get there in. Well, I think you and I have said we think they could become a playoff team in two to three years, but to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, I would think five is more realistic than three. I'll take five. If they're a if they're a legit contender in five, Kyle Davidson has done his job. Yep i I would agree with that. Speaking of people that do their jobs, Ken Simpson 
of the Simpson Law Group. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> After over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases as an assistant Cook County State's attorney, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personal injury cases, including injuries as a result of accidents involving cars, trucks, motorcycles, bicycles, boats, planes, jet skis, jet packs, rockets, seesaws, swings, but not child swings. He hasn't yeah, had sorry. any of those yet. Yeah, sorry, he has not. No, uh, slides, unicycles, unicorns, unicorn impalement, slip and fall cases, and injuries as a result of hazardous drugs or products. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Simpson Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. So call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107, or visit SimpsonLawGroup.com. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now. Ken Simpson, he's your man. Call it apparently does a lot of things. <laughs> All right. We have uh, exhausted our Kyle uh, Davidson content. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back and update on the Madhouse podcast. Uh, good news. Don't be scared. It's good stuff. We'll talk to you in a moment on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here in Homewood. James Naveau out there in Kankakee at the palatial Naveau Estates. Don't you know try it. to get in there. They got guard dogs. They got they shoot bees out of their mouth. You don't want to. You don't want to go to the uh, Navo Estate. It's very, very sharks high security. Sharks with laser beams on their friggin' heads. <laughs> exactly right. And those are Kankakee sharks. They're the most dangerous of all. Hey, we're brought to you by our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com. The best damn Nashville hot chicken on the planet. It is my favorite. I love hot chicken. I love no hot chicken more than I love Fry the Coop. Go to FryTheCoop.com. Check out their menu. Visit them in Oaklawn, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, Tinley Park, and coming very, very soon to Darien. They've got the tenders. They've got the donut chicken sandwich. Yep, that's one item. The donut chicken sandwich is one item. The chicken and waffles. And by the way, the waffle batter has bacon in it. Ooh. If that's your sort of thing, which if you're a human being with taste buds, it is. Everything there is phenomenal. They've got craft beer on the menu. You can dine in, drink some craft beer, wash that hot chicken down with some refreshing craft beer. The place is awesome. You will love it. We love it. We go all the time. Tell them the Madhouse podcast sent you. Fry the coop, frythecoop.com. Okay. Now, here we go. So, starting Friday, the Madhouse podcast, as you know it, will no longer be. We are, well, let's, let me start from the beginning here. I was presented with a very lucrative, uh, exciting opportunity uh, that I, considered very long and hard and decided I was not going to take this opportunity at a full-time level. Um, James was also given the same opportunity, by the way, for the record. Yeah. Um, both of us are staying at our current places of employment, but we will be on a part-time basis, part of a new venture that the entire city will find out about on Friday. So what does that mean for you? The Madhouse podcast listener, a couple things. First of all, Starting Friday, the podcast will have a new name. You will not have to resubscribe to it. If you are subscribed to the Madhouse podcast, you've got it. Nothing changes for you. 
The other thing that changes for you is instead of one Madhouse podcast a week or two Madhouse podcasts a week, you're going to get five podcasts a week on this feed. Some hosted by me and a, and a gang of rowdy fools. <laughs> sometimes yeah. me and James, sometimes all four of us, sometimes a, a random assortment of this crew. I'm not allowed to reveal who this crew is yet, but their names, you know, their names you like, their names you respect, and it's going to make this podcast feed better and stronger than it already was, which is saying something because, James, I am really proud, and I'm going to lose it, just so you know. Yeah. Um, I'm super proud of what we've created over the last 27 years. We've been doing the Madhouse podcast. <laughs> I don't know. What, 2017? Is this our fifth year? Dog, we started in 2015. We started after they won the Stanley Cup oh, yeah. in 2015. Good timing by us. Yeah, yeah 2015. Yeah, so yeah, we we have now this is this is our 7th season doing this. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So, uh it's going to be different and uh I I am super proud of what James and I created. And from day 1, there was one partner I wanted when I dreamed up this idea when I looked at the landscape of hockey in Chicago and said there's no landscape. It's just a desert. And there are people out here that want to talk about and hear about the Blackhawks on the same level. They hear about the bears and the Cubs and the bulls and the Sox. They want actual hockey analysis. And I think you and me were able to give that to them for these last few years and we'll continue to, but yeah. it's, it's very bittersweet to be retiring the Madhouse podcast name for the time being. <laughs> You know, you never know what could happen in a couple sure. of years. Maybe it comes back in some iteration, maybe not. But I want to thank all of you who started with us on the big Novoski hockey podcast, which kind of started off as like, I don't want to say a joke, but we were like, let's just do this thing and figure it out and see what happens. And then like, like oh, people are kind of into this. Maybe we should take it seriously. Yeah. And then we started taking it seriously and had a ton of success. And uh, that success is all because of you guys, our listeners. Yeah. Well, and I and I think the transition from Big Nowowski to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I'm not going to get too far into the you know weeds of how this all evolved in terms of our you know support and who we were doing it for, but the fact that we were able to build this audience you know, essentially, you know, on our own without, you know, it being affiliated with, you know, a major media company or whatever, the independence of the podcast has always been something that I've really enjoyed and I've really loved because you and I have gotten to really build this thing into something that we can be extremely proud of. And we did it with our own ethos in mind. And more importantly, we did it with a tremendous base of advertisers, a tremendous base of listeners, the support of our loved ones. I mean, this podcast has been something that I am so proud to have been a part of. And great, now I'm going to be like you <laughs> and like almost losing it. God dang it. But it just like I'm overwhelmed with the emotion and the gratitude of having been a part of something so phenomenally awesome and something that I think when you and I started, like I was so freaking pumped to work with you. Jay obviously has been, 
you know, a, a really strong influence in the world of the Blackhawks blogosphere or whatever you want to call it, since he was screaming across the arena to order beers from vendors <laughs> in, you know, 2003. But there, I literally could not have asked for a better partner through all of this and a, you know, better friend through all of this either. And it's it's crazy that we're taking this next step in kind of the evolution and the journey of this thing. And it's amazing to look back on what we've achieved and what we've accomplished. And, and as Jay said, we wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. We wouldn't have been able to do it without our advertisers and buddy. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you either. So I wouldn't have thanks, wanted man. to do this it without you too. You know, a hell of a ride, man. It's been great. Yeah. I mean, look to do it as long as we've done and to have you and I maintain, if anything, our friendship has grown. You know, I oh, think, absolutely. I think like, you and I started this off as friendly Twitter bros and have <laughs> yeah, ended this as like, you know, you're one of my, one of my best and most trusted friends. And, um, you know, we did that just pre podcast chats and golf outings and grabbing beers here and there. Like a lot of times when people work together, it drives a wedge between them. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I think that our partnership has just been awesome. And the response to our partnership has been even better. And when, you know, there have been moments when we've done this show where I've kind of had to pinch myself like, like, oh, my God, like, are we really having the success that I think we are? Like, are these numbers real? Like, yeah. do, do people really listen to us at this level? And we have a former Blackhawks GM come on. I, I have done a lot of these guys, but I, I got to say yeah, this one was probably the the best kind of rhythm. I think you guys have a pretty good handle on things. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I mean. Look, whatever you think of Stan Bowman. I was going to say, does his seal of approval carry the same gravitas that it used to? Well, I, I think just in general for an original six general manager, whether you love him or not, to take the time off mic. Th that happened when we were done recording. Yeah. For him to off mic say, hey, by the way, I just want to let you guys know, you know your stuff. You know, and I think there's always times where you, you and I are doing a long show and we're like, do we know what the hell we're talking about? And pr probably not. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? Like, no. and, and it, it's really tough to do these where you're trying to have the perspective of uh, objectivity, but the game just ended and you're pissed, <laughs> right? So you're, yeah. you're trying to like find the balance of your, your righteous anger and putting it in perspective of a whole season and this and that. And that to me was a big challenge. Like if they won, I'd be kind of over the moon and excited. And if they lost, I'd be really pissed. And balancing that was sometimes a challenge. And I think you did a good job of keeping me there. And you're going to continue to, by the way. I keep, we keep talking in the past tense. It's not going anywhere. It's just. It's, just, uh, it's it's definitely the close of a chapter. I mean, that's yeah. definitely the way that, you know, it has to be looked at. But, you know, like any good suspense novel, I suppose, the next chapter we promise you, you guys are going to like the direction this is headed. You're going to like the people that we are partnering with and doing this with. Yeah, you and already do like them. We we would not be, we wouldn't be taking this step if we thought otherwise. I I know, you know, Jay can Jay would back me up on this when I say that this this opportunity was opened up because of the hard work that we've done, but also the just monumental and insane support that we've gotten along the way, and it's. You know, this is a great time once again to just kind of share that gratitude. And like Jay said, we're talking, you know, in these like emotional ways about this, but it's just it's all so overwhelming that it's all like kind of been building like this. And 
you know, God willing, continue to build like this into the future, too. And, and let me tell you, and James, you know this, um, the last few weeks leading to this moment and these decisions have been some of the toughest decisions I've had to make in, in my life. And um, I feel good that I've made the right ones. And yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to make the right decision. You know, like it's it's hard when someone comes to you with something like, oh, my God, I never expected this. Like, had I not opened this email, I never would be having this conversation. And here I am blessed with this amazing opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's kind of mind blowing. And to see someone look at what you do and say, that is what we need to succeed is incredibly flattering. And this will all make more sense when all the dots connect on Friday, I promise. But uh, look, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I can't, um, I've been trying to think of like, what will make people upset about this? Like, is there going to be anything that people are like, well, I wish this wasn't, I don't think so. The names that are going to be joining us on the feed are names that people like and that they know. And if you pay attention to uh, hockey Twitter, you probably can connect the dots and figure out the people we're talking about because they've been pretty open that they're starting a new venture soon, right? Like connect the dots and you'll know it's going to be great. And Monday, it might be me and James. Tuesday, it might be James and someone else. Wednesday, it might be me by myself. Like It's just it's going to be awesome. More thicker, juicier Blackhawks content that we've given you so far. And I think as we've been waxing poetic about ourselves for the last five minutes, we've been giving you some pretty kick-ass Hawks content for a long time, and it's about to get better and better and better. And we think you're really going to enjoy it. So I do want to take an opportunity. We want to take an opportunity here to thank all the sponsors who have been with us since we began. And look, we have gone out of our way to include local businesses because we know they need our support. They need uh, inexpensive ways to advertise. And I think they've found that in the Madhouse podcast. And, and hopefully some of those partnerships will continue. I know there's conversations being had about the future of them on this podcast. And hopefully it works out. But first and foremost, Chris Hubble at Triple Threat Sports. Day one sponsor. As soon as we said, hey, man, we're starting this podcast. Chris is like, I'm in. Let's figure it out. He opened a merch shop for us. He prints out T-shirts for us for events. He's gotten our banners made. He has been a great partner. So make sure you visit triplethreatsports.com. Email him, Chris, at triplethreatsports.com for all your jersey needs. You got a hockey team. You got a softball team that needs uniforms. Chris is the man. He does a great job. Everything looks awesome. You can't go wrong. Triple Threat Sports. Marishka's in Crest Hill was with us for a long time. But like many small businesses, they had to cut some unnecessary costs during the pandemic. We were an unnecessary cost <laughs> for Joe <laughs> and this Adralovich family at Marishka's, but that business is going strong. Restrictions are lifting, and hopefully these places that you know st- that remained afloat during the pandemic can now thrive like they deserve to. So yep. go visit Marishka's in Crest Hill. You're going to love that. Rabid Brewing in Homewood. Tobias and Ray, two of my favorite people in the world. They make some of the best craft beer you will ever have. Go to rabidbrewing.com. Go visit them on Brett's Drive in Homewood behind the Home Depot on Halstead. Phenomenal. Uh, Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe, Burbank, Darien. If you're a foodie in the Chicagoland area, <clears throat> excuse me, you have had Chuck's and you've loved it. So go to chuckscafe.com, check out their menu. And of course, Fry the Coop and the Ken Simpson Law Group. Um, man, it's been a wild run. And uh, buddy, here is to the next chapter. Upward we go. And uh, everyone listening, 
like from the bottom of my heart, when I started this, when we started this together, you, I, I, if, if we were to project, okay, best case scenario, what does this do? Like, yeah, for a couple of years, you know, we'll get a couple hundred listeners per episode and maybe make a few bucks off of it. Right. Yeah. This has become a life changing venture for both of us, you know, and I'm not talking about financially, just in terms of <laughs> impact on our careers and impact on our, uh, our footprint in the Blackhawks community to start as the big Novoski stupid ass podcast to having Stan Bowman telling us we kick ass. That's a huge leap. That's it. I never would have dreamed that that would even that we would even be offered the opportunity to talk to the Blackhawks GM. We've talked to Connor Murphy. We've talked to uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield. We've had so many. He, Kaylee Chelios joined us last year. Like we've had yep, big Kobe name Cohen. Kobe we've Cohen, had yeah. Dave Coulier. <laughs> Dave Coulier, our first and probably biggest guest. But <laughs> you know, and, and the other thing too is we talk to these people and they listen. You know, like, hey, I heard your show the other day. You know, I want to, you know, or stories that we've broken on this podcast where, you know, people who are plugged into the NHL and to the Blackhawks have heard us and reached out to us and say, hey, thought you guys would like to know this. Here's some yeah. information you can use. Okay, <laughs> great. Like, thank yep. you for that. You know, it's just, it's been an incredible experience and I cannot wait for the next chapter. And you guys should all be very, very excited. The only thing I'm bummed about is, as we don't get to hear Jordan Malley's killer Madhouse podcast open anymore, Ugh, which yeah. is just it, it just gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. So I'm going to try to post it on YouTube or something so people have access to it because it is just phenomenal. Uh, that Taves goal to end the open just always makes uh, my hair stand on edge. And it's just it's just great open. And I love playing it every time the show starts. So. Um, that there's my one regret is, is that our show <laughs> open is going away, but, uh, that's all I got before I turn into a puddle of, uh, of tears and everything. So James, you want to add anything before we wrap up? Nah, man, you summed it up really beautifully. Um, it's onward and upward. We love all of you guys. We appreciate the support over the years and hope that it continues into the new venture and, uh, cheers to you, buddy. Let's get out to rabbit and let's uh, throw back a couple brewskis. Soon. Uh, not soon enough. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> by the way, programming note, uh, James is going out of town. What Thursday? I leave tomorrow. Oh, great. Okay. Enjoy your time. You'll never guess where he's going. Uh, I'm going out of town starting Saturday, so I will not be on the feed as often as usual, but I'll be on Friday. You guys will hear from me on Friday. Um, but I'm going to Florida for my wife's grandmother's 100th birthday which is incredible. So yep. happy birthday, Mary Cook. Thank you, Madhouse Podcast listeners, for all your support. And we'll talk to you Friday with the new mystery podcast name. Ooh, very exciting. Ooh. You're going to love it. Thanks for being with us. Can't wait for the next chapter. Thanks, everybody. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, and by the Sins in Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.